You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today on the podcast. But before we get to the podcast, you know what we must do. You must hit us up on all the social media outlets. Hit us up there on Spotify. Give us a Put us on a playlist. Give us a follow. Do what you got to do. Uh, hit us up on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, give us a favorable rating and a review. Five stars. And uh, we will send you a postcard from 1984 of a wrestler of your choice. But hopefully we still have the wrestler because the postcards are moving. And if you want Jerry Lawler, well, you better hurry because he's still available. Um, Hit us up on the Twitter at TNWPod. Give us a like. Give us a favorite. Drop us a line. uh, Or drop us a a question uh, for the annual Q&A, which is coming up uh, in the next couple months. Uh, hit us up on talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at uh, Talking Wrestling Podcasts uh, on Instagram. We were also Talking Wrestling uh, on Facebook as well. So go do it. Do it now. Do it later. Just get it done and uh, hit us up on all those places or even a couple places. Maybe do one, one a week, whatever you like. Uh, regardless, it all helps grow the show, and we appreciate that. Now, speaking of the show... Uh, it is, uh, it is, this is uh, the, I, what, my second show or third show in, in, in the, uh, uh, what I call the Corbentine. Uh, we are in, uh, in the house, in the studio. Uh, my roommate is in his room sleeping, uh, but on the line right now from New York City, I got a great friend of mine who I haven't talked to in a long, long time because he's been busy and I've been in Canada and, uh, he's doing fantastic. You might've seen him on the Tonight Show, not once, but twice. Uh, and he's a regular at the Comedy Cellar, and he's an absolute killer comedian, and he's here for you right now. Nathan McIntosh, how you doing, bud? Casey, I'm good, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, and it's great to talk to you again, man. It's been a long time, dude. It has been. It has been. And, like, the biggest question I have on my mind with you, like, like since you moved to New York and since everything has been going so well for you and everything, and I'm up here in Canada doing my thing, and I'm happy, and everybody's happy. But my biggest concern is, is I want like we've never talked about it since the whole uh, leaving Neverland uh, documentary. How our feelings are about <laughs> Michael Jackson? Because I know we're both big Michael Jackson nerds, and I was like, but I've yep. seen your stand up on it, and I'm kind of in the same thing. Yep. I'm like, I'm like, look at, okay, I'm still not 100% convinced that he is a rapist uh, or a molester. Like, it, it, the guys that they used in the Finding Neverland, uh, the first one testified for him in the previous 90s. So the fact that he's yep. flip-flopping just says, you're, dancer it guy. says you're a liar. So, you because you're flip-flopping. So you're not credible. Mm-hmm. So you're done. So then the other guy, the fact that you when you watch the, the documentary and during the interview with him, if you'll notice, there are certain parts where the plants outside are dead 
whereas parts of the interview, the plants outside are fresh and alive. And it's like, oh. Yeah, they cut a bunch of stuff. They'd they cut they a bunch of like stuff. And, and they re-interviewed them a half a year later. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah. the whole thing's manipulated. So, but there's a lot of stuff in there that's like, ooh. So, the, the way I feel is... Um, all of this shit didn't. All of this shit didn't happen until he moved out of out of his parents' place, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, he lived at his parents' place right up till the releasing of Bad. So I would think that everything Thriller and before is fine, and everything mm-hmm. afterwards is questionable. So you know that's the I way I look at it. Dangerous is still good, though. You know, <laughs> of course it's is good. It's a, a, a good album, and it has. I I I mean, yeah, I have a joke about it on. Um, YouTube and stuff, and I also just kind of go. I kind of, I I think he did do some stuff. Yeah. Um, yes, I do but too. You also kind of go. Yeah, you also kind of go at this point. You go, okay, yes, but what do you know? Do we dig him up? I I don't know what to necessarily be done, and his stuff is so it's so iconic and worldwide and and just completely ingrained that he's not like okay if he was alive. Yeah. He would be getting the R. Kelly treatment, which oh. I would say, do it, do it. You know, like I, I, I can't argue with that. But the fact that he's dead, it's sort of like, well, man. Can't we, you pick we, one of the other hundred pedophiles in Hollywood to go after? Like, can't we focus true. on the the the, the pedophiles <laughs> of today rather than the pedophiles of yesteryear? You know, of yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny too is that, like, what does that? You know, you know, you know. Obviously, what's his name has a documentary out about pedophiles in Hollywood. Uh, yes, Corey Feldman. Oh God. Yeah, Corey Feldman, and Corey Feldman spent tons of time with him, and and has stuck up for him, which is also a kind of thing where I go, okay, well, maybe is Michael Jackson just like the smartest man alive in terms of he knows who he can do certain things to. But then you also go, look, Casey, let's be let's be kind of serious here. If you're a pedophile, right? Yeah. And you have famous child actor Corey Feldman in your house, and then you also have unbelievably super, like both of them actually, but super famous Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. And his, the and, most, and his talented brothers as well. You don't forget yes, about the other. The most, like, let's be, let's be, we're, we can swear here, right? Yes. We're having a good time. Fuck yeah. Arguably the most fuckable kids right? yes yes and he doesn't touch those ones no it seems a little exactly maybe most, but maybe he is the most manipulative smart cunning calculate he very well could be like he definitely isn't a, a lot of what you know high voice and, and he doesn't know what's going on he's just a child i don't think you get to where he was not being a cold motherfucker oh no 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 when you definitely had a side that most of us did not fucking see when you see it in in this is it where the drummer's like i put my own or the drummer's like i put my own flair on the song he's like no it's bam bam play it like the album is that's the way i wrote it yeah and you're like holy fuck it's like you don't fuck with the the drill sergeant you know and no uh, he he definitely had a side of him that was like very calculated. So he 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 very well may have been like, okay, these kids are too high profile. I can't do anything with them, and I'm going to keep all my shit away from them specifically. Yeah. Um, because well, one day also, they'll actually be good character witnesses. And maybe maybe the the right kids. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe we're. 
people are checking in on the wrestling right now. They're like, what the fuck is this? But we'll get to it in a second. <laughs> but the, the fact is, maybe it's not the kids he chose. Maybe it's the parents. Maybe the kids were good looking, well, those, but it's like the parents yeah. are too smart. So we're like, no, no, we well, got to take those parents. We got to find the gold digger parents. That, that was the one thing about that documentary I, I was watching with my girlfriend. And I was like, why are these parents happy? Yeah. I don't understand. They're like, hey, man, he had a bunch of tigers and, and he had a big popcorn machine. And it was so fun at his house. It was fun at his house. And he fucked your kid. I know. So you, like, Casey, there's people that I know who have not wronged me in that way. <laughs> and even though I've had fun with them in my life, I would never talk about them in a positive light like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It, it's over. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> folks, we're with Nathan McIntosh <laughs> on Talking Wrestling. We've been talking about Michael Jackson, and now we're moving on to wrestling. Uh, Nathan, I know for a long time, has been a big uh, Ric Flair guy. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you love the Nature Boy. Uh, when did you, uh, when you were a kid, uh, did you watch a lot of wrestling? Yeah, I um, I don't remember exactly like when I would have started, but the, the, my favorite wrestler as a kid, like I was born in 85, my favorite wrestler as a kid was Razor Ramon and then Shawn Michaels. Uh, both of them I love. I also love Diesel. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love that whole deal. I went to wrestling as a kid and basically saw, oh, yeah, the, the – the, his theme just the truck noise yeah just the truck um, noise and then it sort of like it had a very bluesy like almost like the theme to roseanne like yeah the theme to roseanne with a truck that's exactly basically what it was yeah but he i saw them wrestle in halifax um before they did the ladder match and it's the same like uh, kind of like you know they're wrestling. Uh, Diesel was in a fucking wheelchair, and then at some point in time he got up and hit Razor with a crutch, and Shawn Michaels won. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I I, I uh, watched wrestling for a long time, and then probably like once the Attitude Era was done, I was sort of out for years. Yeah, and a friend of mine in like in 2012 was like, I was living here, I just kind of moved to New York, and my friend was like, hey man, WrestleMania's going to be in Jersey, so do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, great, that'll be fun. And I had kind of had to catch up to, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Now this would have been no the, who was there. would this been a, the, the John Cena Rock WrestleMania? Yep, WrestleMania 29, Taker, Punk. That's a great um, WrestleMania. It was a good, it was a good time. Jack Swagger and Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly Cesaro was there, so I can't remember exactly who was in it, but or what all the matches were. But I definitely remember Punk Taker, like in the building, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, Rock Cena obviously blew up too, but like Taker Punk was nuts, man. In the in the building, people were snap, like it was amazing. People were just going nuts, and I mean that match was great. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was Taker was like uh, on a honest like the, the we talk about the taker streak and we talk about um mm-hmm. you know like i used to think it wasn't that great until i analyzed it because the first streak is like yep. the first 10 years are not big deals you got bundy and superfly and 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 uh jake the snake might have been his toughest match in his first 10 years but most of his matches mm-hmm. were just crap 
And then you went, but then there was a streak. The streak within the streak, uh, it was those back to back Shawn Michaels matches, and then back to back Triple H matches, and then he yeah. had a match against Edge, and then he had a match against CM yeah. Punk, and it was like those six matches all in a row. Or yeah. no, 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 wait. Well, maybe CM Punk might have been before Shawn Michaels. I think I'm trying to think. No. No, that was after Shawn Michaels. Yeah, because the first Shawn Michaels I think was twenty five. Yeah, the one where he like retired him or whatever. No, yeah, you're um, right. You're right. Yeah, Punk, yeah, yeah. Punk was twenty nine, then Brock ended it in, in thirty. Yeah. Okay. So CM Punk. Yeah, it was a great match too. So he's coming off of like six great matches at WrestleManias, and five of them mm-hmm. were the show stealers, like were were the show, sure. and that's when they decided to 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 end the streak and i'm like you're ending the streak like at first it's like logical that brock should end the streak but yeah. at the same time it's like it was just the wrong time to end the streak can i tell you dude i love that they ended it and i also love wrestlemania 30 other than and i know everybody's a big fan of them i i'm just not uh daniel bryan other than the whole story of like Good God, man. Oh, everybody's held Daniel Bryan down, and fuck, his beard needs a goddamn title. Yeah, they gave I the, loved they, WrestleMania they, 30. They gave, they gave Daniel Bryan the the Bret Hart, um, like the Bret Hart uh, bookends, where in WrestleMania 10, Bret mm-hmm. Hart had to wrestle Owen in the first match, which was amazing, and then in the last match, yeah. he won the title. And yeah. Daniel yeah, yeah, Bryan, yeah, you're right. And Daniel Bryan had a first match against Hunter, and it was amazing. And then he mm-hmm. went and won the title a off of, yeah, off of Batista, and he beat Evolution in one night. And coming from the year before, where he lost to Sheamus in like seventeen seconds, um, uh-huh. you know, it's like, yeah, we really fucked you over last year. This year, we're not going to ignore the yes movement, and we're going to do it right. Um, yeah, I and again, I'm in the boat. I, I, I wasn't there for all of it. I didn't see, you know, and like I haven't watched nonstop since forever. I am. I was against the yes movement, and I'm not. And I'm not a, a, a Brian man. I'm just not. And as a human being, look, I'm not talking about this man as a human being. You know, he's probably a great man. I'm yeah. a vegetarian. I've been going down that route the last couple months, but I hated it. It's like. You know what it was to me, just the look, and I, I and now I do sound like Diesel because Diesel had this problem with CM Punk. Scott, this man just looks like a fucking fan. It looks like <laughs> it looks like a fan was promoted to wrestler, and I I just can't fucking I can't believe the kicks, those little shitty fucking backyard soccer baseball kicks where somebody just can't get up. I hate I hate it. I can't I hated it. I hated the whole idea that like fans were like, he looks like us. Fuck you. As Kevin Nash would say, hit the weight, get a clue. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I couldn't deal with it. But I loved the end of the streak only because nobody saw that coming at all. And I love that WWE was like, we still are very much able to shock you guys. Oh, yeah. Because it, it seemed like people were kind of mad. Oh yeah. Until that, you know, people are like, "Fuck, man, this all sucks. This is garbage. You're not. First of all, you're not listening to us about Daniel Bryan and blah blah blah." And then Brock beats Taker, and I mean, people were, dude, you remember that at all? Like the building, 
freaked out. Everybody gets real quiet, and people didn't even really know if it was real or not. Like, it's, people it was gets... like a good five minutes after where people were like, did that just, was that a thing that just happened? And people get so upset about it, and it's just like, look at you don't write the story. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you're like how, nobody goes to an Avengers movie and gets upset that mm-hmm. Ant-Man didn't get enough sh- time in the movie with all the other yes. Avengers. You know, he didn't get enough uh, FaceTime. He's being buried. You know, it's like, no, he got his own movie. Relax, you know? like. And this is why, and that's another reason I hated the Yes movement so much, because you're like, who's running this fucking thing? You know what I mean? Like The fans. It, it, it's like if somebody came to a comedy show and just started yelling, hey, do jokes about ice cream. <laughs> and then they follow you everywhere, and they keep yelling at you to do jokes about ice cream. And then one day you have to do jokes about ice cream. Like, it just, I never liked it, man. I never liked, um, again, I'm not talking about him as a human man, but I just never liked the Daniel Bryan run of things. Didn't, wasn't, no, was not a fan. Um, this is a quick story. Uh, one of my friend's stories, uh, if you, so, so, anyways, my uh, buddy, Vince Averill, was with, uh, one night, him and a couple other guys, they were with. Um, uh, remember, um, there's a wrestler by the name of Kennedy, and he used to say yeah. his name, Ken, Ken Kennedy. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, they were so he was with them one night, and they were going to different comedy clubs. So, and and Zia Zari was also uh, practicing his set because he was getting ready for something. So he was doing okay. comedy clubs. So. They were at a comedy club where Z dropped in, and Mr. Kennedy heckled him, and it didn't and it didn't go well because he's trying to get through a television set and get the fuck out, and but uh, Mr. Kennedy heckled him, so he was frustrated and he left. But then they left, and then they went to another comedy club, and they were there, and Z and Zari got on stage, and he started going through the set. And Mr. Kennedy heckled him with the exact same part with the exact same fucking heckle. Oh, wow. And then Z was That's like, funny. what the fuck is, what? He couldn't figure out what was going on. He's like, did you follow me here? Like, like <laughs> he couldn't figure out what was going on. And then he had no idea who the heckle was. And if he, and then when he saw the size of Mr. Kennedy, you're not going to follow them. Yeah. So it was just like, it was just so fucking funny that that was just, it was such a random thing. But you know that just th- that would be the closest I could come to telling you a guy following a comic yelling ice cream at him. You yeah, know? involving a wrestler, him. and then one day he changes his whole his whole uh, act deal. to ice cream. But yeah, Res- WrestleMania twenty nine. Um, so that was that was the that was the year that uh, T Diddy himself was uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he. I was there. He got booed by 83,000 people pretty hard. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, four years later, he's the head of the universe. But I remember I remember, I was on Fox a couple times that year before the election. And I, I would say to people while we're, they're like, they're like, uh, oh, you know, he's, he's going to be the greatest uh, president that's ever lived and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, you guys know he's in the WWE Hall of Fame, right? Like, this is all a fucking charade. Yeah. And they would sort of just yell at me about it. But then every time, it was like four times, uh, we'd go to commercial and they'd be like, you're kidding about that, right? Like, they go, he's not in the Hall of Fame. You're just making that up because he's acting like a wrestler. I go, no, no, he's in. I watched it. He is in the Hall of Fame. And he, 
This yes. whole campaign is a heel. It's a heel run. This is a this is a nine month heel run, and the only thing that's not going to happen here is that it's not going to be him and Hillary in a cage. This man is going to run your life, but it's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's the same like this town stinks. These people are garbage. When I when I take over, it's going to be different, but you really gave him power instead of just giving him a goddamn belt. <laughs> yeah, he loves you know? his favorite thing is cutting promos. He loves Yes. Going on the can like he can't wait to get past this pandemic so he can get out there campaigning, giving the speeches because that's what he gets off on, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. he likes the yes the, the the heel aspect of it, not the actual things. Because there's wrestlers that have run things. I I love Jesse Ventura. I don't care what anybody says about him. I love, I love him. the man. I think he's great. And he ran a whole fucking state. You got Kane right now is the mayor of a town. Yeah, and I'm sure. They're, they did and do, uh, like Kane is still there now, so that's what I'm saying, do, have done good things and are human beings that you can actually talk to and, and they listen to stuff. But this isn't this isn't the same way. This is a bad guy wrestler who only wants to do promos. <laughs> Nothing yes. else. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to do promos, you know? Yeah, and, he is, and it's so funny because he's so, like, in cahoots with Vince McMahon – uh, to this yeah. day, like, you know, like Vince McMahon gives him $16 million for his last election or something like that. And then Linda gets a Crazy. job in his cabinet, uh, despite yep. no political experience. Um, you know, so now. And also, but, what was her? She was a, she was a small, she was a small leader of business, the, the head of a small business union How growth or fuck, something like that. Fuck? Yeah. What does that mean? Like the McMahons, that's it. I, was was the WWE? Could you ever really consider it a small business? A small I guess family maybe like business. Seventies, the eighties. You would have to even go earlier, no? Because like the father always had successful running in New York and and a, and a successful. That's what I mean, yeah. Like no, so it was never a small local business. So yeah, you know, so they so she has no, you know, there's no that doesn't make any sense for her. But you got to give her some kind of job. No, they take us. They took a successful business. And they brought it and they made it worldwide, you know. So that yeah. is something. It shows you that they they can grow a business, but you totally. know, but you know, it's just like, uh, you know, how you look at you look at the the, the growth of that business. It, there, it's plagued by so many things over so many years and so many controversies, and you know, the latest one. You know, John Oliver's going to be all over this on Sunday, and it's uh, the Florida is. Is deemed the governor of Florida has deemed the WWE an essential an essential service that has to be open so they can run shows and do all their tapings and function like a normal business, and uh, mm-hmm. and this is all happening in Florida, and uh, people are upset because when did wrestling become essential? Like we don't need it like hospitals and groceries, you know, but now it's included. I don't know, man. Anytime I've been sick, I throw on an old pay-per-view. Not going to lie, you know? Well, exactly. But the thing is, is Vince has to fulfill <laughs> the content of of his TV deals or else they're going to fall. And he's already bankrupted the XFL, and he's already lost hundreds of thousands, if not millions, in canceling WrestleMania this year. You know, it's uh-huh. like he's, you know, and like, and losing live events and all the revenue from live events as well, uh, you know, it's not 
I, you know, while people think, oh, it's favoritism, all this and all that, I'm like, yeah, I see a, a man struggling to keep his company alive. You know, it's... Uh, sure. There, it, is, there is also the other side, too, of, like, not... Favoritism in the way that, like, if he has donated a bunch of money to the TDD campaign and Florida itself loved, not everybody, but, I mean, you know, majority, I guess, voted for TDD, it makes sense for him to be like... Yes, because if I one if I if I say it's an essential business and they stay open, I still have uh, McMahon on my side. And also, if I do that in Florida, they'll be like, "Yeah, great, this is the man doing uh, good things. He's, he's keeping certain things open. He's fucking he, he's uh, you know deeming things essential businesses in our state. Um, you know, he's for us. I guess you could say that the state of Florida in some kind of way. You know? Yeah. But it's uh, it's pretty crazy because it's it's really, you know, it's it's putting people's jeopardy their, their lives like in jeopardy. But like I would understand like if they had a, a you know like uh, back in the days when you used to tour out west, they used to put you up all the comedians up in one hotel. They should do that with the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Just put them up in one hotel for a month, do a month's worth of tapings, which will have tapings for the rest of the year, and then you know, boom, just like just do that aew has done that and uh uh-huh. it's, and it's worked out well for them so like all the tapings- they've done some cool stuff without the crowd i've seen a couple like promos and stuff and they they, they really do it uh they're doing it well they're like, handle without, without i find crowd, I, I find think. that their shows are, are are more entertaining uh without the crowd yep. and they're handling it better they've uh you know like having some of the wrestlers out there at ringside gambling on matches and stuff like that is funny let alone they're reacting to the matches, which gives some sort of reaction to matches. You know, you see a big yes. move, you don't hear that, oh, you're like, okay, I don't need fans to tell me what's good and what's not good, you know, but yeah. I, the last thing you're going to see in these no-fan uh, arena matches is a sleeper hold, <laughs> you know? Like, you're yeah. not going to... But also, like, we, we watched, I, I mean, I watched most of WrestleMania this year, and it made me mad because I was like, just, 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 just talk to the camera. You guys are screaming as if the building is full, and we all see that it's not. Like, I just, I, I felt there was a couple things. I, I liked some stuff for sure, but I thought they were definitely able to do something better with the no crowd. You know, they, they, yeah. everybody just kind of uh, pretended that it was there. Yeah. And and it, it came off uh, very weird at points, especially like that. Randy Orton edge match where the fucking announcers are whispering to each other weird. during well who do you, very how, weird it how are you make any sense you, at, you could make that match exciting you could look at the, the fact that they taped that match in advance and they didn't edit it down for time constraint and they didn't take out the Benoit part like are you serious yeah. are you strangling him with the fucking gym cables from the nautilus machine because that's how benoit commits suicide you dumb fuck I like know, yeah. it was like and that thing just came out yeah everybody everybody was like benoit like like i was on a group text and we all just like bent typed in benoit 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 like it's the first yeah. thing that comes to every wrestling fan's mind and it's so fresh yeah. because of the uh dark side of the ring like yeah, yeah. Last yeah. night was Superfly. Week basically, or the week before. Yeah, and last night was Superfly Snooker, and the Florida thing was last I was night. Just watching that. Oh, the Snooker one. That before you called, called. It's interesting. It's very interesting. It's like, and it's 
most likely 100% true. There's no doubt. Like, there's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Snuka, I, I think it was accidentally. You know, like, I think she was breathing when he left her, and he thought she would be okay. But then I think she died after he left because he choked well, her. Well, he to still killed death. her. I mean, well, I, he I still killed her 100%. That's what happens. Yeah, if I, if I beat the fuck out of my girlfriend and I leave the house and she's dead when I get back, I killed her. Oh, yeah, you yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing well, about this. Can I run this by you, too? What's that? I, so it's in, they're in Florida, right? Let me run this by you real quick. Yeah. They're in Florida. The performance center's in Florida. They're an essential business. You don't want people flying in and out. I get that. And wrestlers don't want to fly in and out, but they're being forced to. But how about this? The man's been blackballed, booted him out for some, for some you know, uh, phone calls that were recorded without his knowing. How about this is the time that they get Hulk Hogan to drive there and just, just bring him back? Oh, I love Hulkster. I am... Uh... I've never been on the side of deleting him from WWE history because of, like, as far as I'm concerned, uh, in that whole situation, he was the victim, and I don't know how he came out the bad guy. Uh, you know, we were we were never supposed to hear what was on those tapes, let alone see those tapes, and yeah. you know, and like, and like, and like, it's it comes to can you sep how far can you separate the artist from the person? You know what I mean? Like, it, mm -hmm. you know, like as far as I'm concerned, I don't, I don't have a problem. I don't want to watch a, a Cosby Show episode anymore because, you know, it's creepy. A lot of things were because I, I would just watch it now and I would just be creeped out by Bill Cosby. I would find creepy things about him because I know he's a creepy yep. person now. You know, it's like I can't mm -hmm. watch Benoit matches because I, I think about the murders and it, they make me sad. So I don't want to watch. I don't think Benoit should be like I don't think ever think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think his he, he should be eliminated from history. Uh, I just I think people should make their own choice whether they want to watch his matches or not. And and yeah. the, and the thing with Hogan is, what am I going to do? Boycott all my uncles for saying the same word? You know that they've said yeah. that like he's a he's a guy who grew up in the '60s in Florida. How about that's the reason why he's using a word? Like he's an old man, like the you know. Yeah, it's like, and also you know he he Bubba's trash. Oh, but, I, I mean, well, I mean, yes, I, yeah. He's garbage. I mean, it's funny that anybody would ever like, you know. But but I mean, I, yeah, I'm kind of fucking around. But it's also like if he's down there anyway, bring him the fuck in. So now you don't have to like get all of the people that are in Florida, like any wrestler that lives in Florida. So you don't got to fly people around. You yeah, know what I mean, figure it out. Just for the next couple of months or whatever, if you're gonna go through with this whole thing of we're an essential business and we're we're do okay, fine. You know what I mean? You pulled the strings or whatever and you got it done. But now make it a fucking Florida WWE for a couple of months. Yeah, or like, so that like you're at least doing the least amount of harm, I suppose you can say, to to people. Yeah, and uh, and and that's something I wouldn't mind seeing either. Like. You know, there's uh, a lot of great talent in Florida. It's just it, the, the, thing, the thing that's shitty about it all is, is like, um, you know, like all of wrestling is hurting right now. Like, you know, like the independents aren't running. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like I felt so bad when they canceled WrestleMania 
it's just like, oh my god, it's not it's not only one thing to cancel WrestleMania, but WrestleMania is like a five six day festival that yeah that is that that all the independents come into town as well and they piggyback mm-hmm. off the back of WrestleMania. Like I had mm-hmm. I had like I had tickets for everything. I had tickets to go see uh, on the Thursday at three o'clock. I had New Japan tickets. I had tickets to go mm-hmm. see uh, Joey Janela's show, GCW, uh, you know, NXT, um, for everything. And, uh, you know, and, like, my seats for, 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 for were amazing for, for Mania. Like, I was so looking forward to that trip, and it's my first WrestleMania. And then all of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. oh, it just happens. And then it's like, ah, it's really shitty. But then I start feeling shitty for... You know, wrestlers I know that were going down, like RJ City was going to yeah. go down, and he was going to be at WrestleCon, and he was going to have matches that, that I can't see him have up here in Toronto because mm-hmm. the, he's wrestling guys from L.A. who are amazing wrestlers in their own right. And, uh, you know, it's just, it just a really – it was just a really – it's just a real too bad situation, but I hope this all rectifies itself. You, What's that? When did you sort of know – that it was like, I mean, before they shut it down, because they waited a pretty decent amount of time before um, they decided to call it. But but when were you like, there's no way, there's just no way that's going to happen? My fingers were crossed. Well, you know, it was like, it was all like, it all happened like in one or two days. Like I was, I mm-hmm. remember on a Thursday night, I was at the club. Uh, Tracy McDonald was headlining. She was up and mm-hmm. from the States and, uh, and I was doing a spot on her show. And this was on a Thursday night. And then I was going to the show. That the WWE was in town on the Saturday night. And mm-hmm. on the Friday, I got the phone call that WWE would cancel the show on Saturday night. And then I was like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, it was like the next Tuesday was like the day that like uh, like four of my gigs canceled. And then I got a call from my buddy Vince from uh, We Watch Wrestling, Vince Averill in L.A. Because that's who I was going to WrestleMania with. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. WrestleMania is done. And I was like, so it didn't matter whether I heard it from Vince McMahon or Vince Averill. I knew one of those guys was going to tell mm-hmm. me WrestleMania is done. And uh, it uh. happened. It was like, but just like all in one, that Tuesday was like, whole, like I, oh my God. Like I just lost yeah. all this money and mm-hmm. WrestleMania is now gone. And I'm like, fuck, it's just like, oh. And it did not, not only that, the, that's where you started the isolation. So I hadn't went outside, or like I haven't done anything since the bad news, right? So yeah, but because uh, that's why I watched. Uh, like again, I went to twenty nine, but that was after like you know what's funny. The last time I I watched WrestleMania twenty nine live, and then before that, the last WrestleMania I saw was twenty five at McHenry's house. Yeah, he was like, "Yo, come by and we'll do it." And I go, "Great!" But between that time, I knew nothing about what the fuck was going on. Um, but I watched WrestleMania this year, and I wouldn't have otherwise, but I watched it solely because there was no crowd. I was like, I got to see how they do this, you know? Because I was like, there's definitely a way to do it, and you can make yeah. it really, you make it good. And um, there was some stuff that I did like. Like, I, I know people thought it was long, but I liked Orton Edge. It was I liked so long. The, God. Oh. It was, yeah. But it, it, I, I liked that. I liked... Uh, it wasn't a match, like you can't call it a match, but I did like the John Cena, Ray Bryant. Yes, I did too. Thing. 
I liked uh, only I, because I was like, yo, this is very, very creative. I was like, this is this is very interesting, and I like this story. But there was no, you know, it wasn't a match. But I did like what it was. I did like that video vignette, whatever you want to call it. You know. Yeah. No. It was like a. It was like a very. Uh, it was like Memento or or Pulp Fiction. It was like a, a sort of all over the place uh, story of of John Cena's career through Bray Wyatt's mind or was it through John Cena's mind? You know, it was just yeah. really, really interesting. And, uh, yeah, interesting. you know, whereas the night before, I thought the night the better matches were the night before. And the night before mm-hmm. I had the, the Boneyard fight, the Boneyard match. And that might have been one yeah. of the best things I've ever seen them do with The Undertaker. Like, and they've done a lot of great things See, with The Undertaker, but this was uh, fucking uh, awesome. It was... I'll say th- I'll say this. Undertaker looked great in it. I really I was like, wow, this guy, he looks better than he did three years ago. I'm like, he yeah. he looks fucking great here. But I was so when I heard Boneyard match, I go, Oh, this could be great. I was expecting like the like the Edge uh Orton thing. I was expecting mankind Undertaker boiler room brawl type match. Yeah. So then when it was just a movie I myself was like, oh, God, man, this, I, I wasn't a, 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 like a fan of it necessarily, but I will say Undertaker looked fucking great. And it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't horrible. It just wasn't what I was hoping for. I was really hoping for, you know, like a, a backstage fucking brawl. brawl between these two. Yeah. But then they couldn't do the same thing in two nights in a row. That's the thing, right? Because Edge and... Uh... Yeah, true, yeah. So... But for what it was, I absolutely loved it. And then there were other great matches like, you know, um, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins was amazing. Uh, yeah, but, I liked it. Yeah, the ladder match uh, between the three guys for the tag titles, John Morrison. Mm-hmm. Oh, great, great finish, great match. The only thing is, it's like sometimes you miss the cheering of the fans. Like, But as far as yeah. both of the title matches, I get tired. Like, I don't mind, like, I love Brock Lesnar matches because I think Brock's the best. I think he sells the best. I think he wrestles the best. Yeah, I love when Brock. people when people wrestle him, they love wrestling him. They say taking those suplexes are not what you think. It's very very easy and safe. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and and Brock is believable as Brock because that's who he is. You know, that's what we believe, yeah. and that you know. So you know to see Brock wrestle. So t- the night before it was at like Goldberg versus Braun. And it was literally yeah. spear, 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 body slam, body slam, body slam, pin. That was the match. It was four, two, body, four body slams. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was, it was four. It was well, two, two moves. Those, like, yeah, two moves seven times, like, well, between the two of them. But, yeah, you just go. It's funny because that, that type of thing would have been great with a crowd. Yes. With no crowd, it, it, it's truly horrific. And, that, and that's even with. Uh, Brock and, and, and Drew, you're like, man. Same thing. It's, again, just like two or three moves, 90 times. Can I also run this by you real quick? Go ahead. Drew Drew took what, three F5s or four? And kicked out at one. Yeah, yeah, was kicking out at one. Kicked out at one at the first, but then he took three at least. He took at least three F5s, right? Yeah. Okay, so the F5, first of all, you're talking about Brock Lesnar, right? Obviously, this is wrestling, but you have to – People are, Brock is like one of the strongest people in there, clearly. Yes. And the F5 then would be one of the strongest moves that exists. Mm. So if Drew McIntyre can can survive three F5s or four, I can't remember the exact number that he took, 
what does that mean for other can he just absorb any other like if if, if Ray Mysterio was going to hit him with a 619 does he have to do it 27 times maybe or you know maybe I mean? or yes or it may just mean that Brock Lesnar's F4 isn't uh, or F5 isn't what it used to be Exactly. You're like, buddy, what, so what is this? Like, even even a couple of years ago when it was Brock Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, if you watch that, I mean, when he when he hits him with a spear and everything, Brock Brock still uh, sells it. And, and and he gets count, and it's a two count and like all that kind of thing. And you can see that it hurt him. Yeah. He's at five. It seemed like Drew was just like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, you I know? just, yeah. Just, and then, I, I, I don't care. Here I am. Like, I get, I got it. Like, I want. It, maybe it just depends on whether Brock feels like working or not that night, you know. And it's just like, because like I've seen Brock have amazing matches. I was at uh, Survivor Series in L.A. a couple years ago, and he wrestled uh-huh. Daniel Bryan, and it was fucking <coughs> awesome. It was such a great yeah. match. Uh, same same card was Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey, and that was fucking awesome too. But uh, but Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, you'd think that this should not be a match at all. But it was a great yes. match, a great match. And Brock has always been mm-hmm. like, when Brock lost to Goldberg in Toronto at Survivor Series, a couple of years before the LA Survivor Series, um, I was there for that. And that was like one of the greatest moments in my live wrestling history was being there for mm-hmm. it. Because like nobody was like WWE fucked up Goldberg so bad when they took over WCW in the 2000s mm-hmm. that Goldberg was never the same. Uh, he was never the Goldberg from the Goldberg years of WCW in yeah. the 90s. And they fucked him up. They gave him bicycle tights. They tried to make them white. They they really changed up Goldberg. But mm-hmm. what they did was, on this Survivor Series, they gave us a Goldberg match from the 90s where Goldberg came out and beat Brock Lesnar in under two minutes. And it was like, holy fuck. Yeah. But again, <clears throat> as long as you let Goldberg do the three moves that he can do, you're going to be all right. You know, Goldberg. I, I, and I've always loved him, too. I'm, I love, as a kid, I love Goldberg. I love the spear. I love his music. I love that they got to go knock on his door to get, to get him out of the dressing room. Yeah. I, I love the whole deal. Well, that was the funny but thing, when too. there's no crowd. There's he, no crowd. He, Why does he have security bringing tough, him to the ring? It's a tough match to watch with no crowd, man, because you're just like, it's 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 the same move three times. Which again, if there's a crowd, great. But when there's no crowd, it's it's fucking horrific. You just you just actually reminded me of the best. Uh, you were saying that's one of your big, your one of your best uh, like live wrestling moments. Yes, the, the best one that I've ever seen for myself. Uh, about 2002, SmackDown was at in Halifax at the Metro Center. Okay, and this was during the whole. Uh, Mr. America, yes. Run when, when Hogan was Mr. America. Awesome. So Vince comes out. Vince comes out, and um, you know, it, 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 first of all, he 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 tells us all that Brett screwed Brett, which was great. People are yelling at him about it. Like it was just you know, it's perfect heel thing. Then Mr. America comes out, and dude, everybody's chanting Hogan because obviously, yeah, you know, it's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. So Vince McMahon goes, look, I told you, I told you, Hogan, you're, you're banned from here. And he grabs the mic and he goes, I'm not Hulk Hogan, brother. 
and I'm not lying to you, Casey. I watched it. I watched the actual taped version when they when they played it, and they only showed about a 10 second ovation. I'm not lying to you, dude. He had a 10 minute ovation <laughs> after that. Like we chanted Hogan for 10 minutes while he Hogan actually sat down in the corner of the ring. He just sat down. And then he took the mic and he goes, are you guys done yet? And we went, no. No, no. Hogan, Hogan. And then he got up. He did the fight. He hulked up. He threw the pose. Dude, it, it's still to this day. And I've seen, you know, Kevin Hart live with the fucking fire. Yeah. There's nothing I've seen bigger intensity-wise than that night Hogan. Not even as Hogan. He's, he's, he's wearing a mask. I know. He's, he's, wearing, he's not even Hogan. That's the best thing about it. Not even Hogan, and it was a 10-minute ovation. Like, it, it, it was completely amazing. We had, we had Jimmy Hart on the show, and uh, I drove from Kingston from Kingston to uh, Toronto. And uh, uh-huh. while we were doing the podcast on the drive, uh, Hogan called him. And I was like, oh, my really? God. Hulk Hogan is talking to my car right now. <laughs> like, I was so fucking excited. And the best is like, yeah, that's funny. I, I, my favorite Hogan obviously was always because uh, I, I I missed Hogan sort of as a kid. Like, I knew who he was. I know the cartoon, but I I wasn't really watching when he he wasn't really there necessarily when I was kind of watching. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, man. I'm not even lying to you. One of the biggest things ever to me was him turning heel. And be in Hollywood. Hollywood Hogan, yeah, it, it, arguably one of my favorite wrestlers, solely because, dude, I love the weight belt. I love the song. I love him. He had no move. Like Hulk Hogan himself only has a couple of moves. Yeah. Hollywood Hogan had less than that. Mm. Hollywood Hogan would fucking poke you in the eyes, rake your back, leg drop, and then hit you with a bell. <laughs> which like, were, which by the I way, love the whole deal. Which were all moves what of that? Hogan's when he was a good guy. He raked back. Totally, yeah. He raked the eyes. When he was, like, running around the ring and and trying to hide some shit and getting the ref involved and all that, I I loved Hollywood Hogan so much, man. What what I love about Hogan is when he was Hulk Hogan, he was the best. And when he was Hollywood Hogan, he was also the best. He's the only guy that was as good as he was a face, he was a heel just as good, like, just as well. Like, if people can say Ric Flair, but Ric Flair never really changed his style of wrestling or his wardrobe or his wardrobe or his gimmick. Hogan totally yes. changed everything and reinvented it himself and yeah. made himself. And Hollywood to me, man. And I made, and look at his face on his pants. I was tired of Hogan when he was the Hulkamaniac with Brutus Beefcake <laughs> and when he went to WCW. I was tired of Hogan. I did not, like, yeah. I, I'd. Hogan brought me into wrestling. 1986, first wrestling I ever saw WWE was Hulkamania at the Super X one summer, and my whole family went, and I cried like Beatlemania when he fucking came out. And part of the reason was somebody ripped my sign, but I shouldn't have had it up (laughs) so early because there's no way he could have seen it because he was a football field away from me, and I'm holding up my sign because Real American started. So... You know, again, which you know is, what's funny about that, real quick, uh, just just to just about the sign, real quick. How funny is that's the '80s mentality, right? Yeah. I shouldn't have been holding it up. Whereas today, if somebody ripped your sign, you'd be like, "Oh God, why would somebody do this? How can somebody be so rude?" 
just years ago, though, it's it's my fault. I shouldn't. I should have been holding my sign. And you're right. It's funny. Well, I've not. Uh, the last time I did a sign was for the Survivor Series. Uh, Survivor Series in Toronto. The next night was Raw, and I did a sign for my buddies that have the We Watch Wrestling podcast in L.A. I sometimes do their show, and so I uh, I made a, a sign for one of their uh, guys. His name is Tom Sibley. He's a comedian and actor out of L.A. who's no longer with the show, but I had a sign that said his name, and uh, I got it fucking on Raw, no problem. Just, it was a perfect sign, good lettering, solid you could see it from a far piece like far away and i got it on and it was fucking awesome but uh we watch wrestling they've done this to me as well they're like if you're going to the show tonight put the world needs to know that casey corbin loves van halen let them know you know and then so the last aew live show was in denver and it was just before the pandemic started and jericho's walking to the ring and over his shoulder you see a sign that says Casey Corbin loves Van Halen. Oh no way, that's funny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 a fan of the show, like I've never met, fucking made a sign, really nice Van Halen logo, and like Casey Corbin loves it, and I just fucking thought that was so fucking funny. So kudos to people making and the I'll signs. And I'll attest to this because I've I've driven long distances with you. You do love Van Halen. I do love Van Halen. I do love Van Halen. There's no doubt about it. I know, it. buddy. There's uh, one of the greatest things about these quarantines right now are cool bands or bands that I love are doing songs where they're each at their mm-hmm. own house and then they're combining them on Zoom and they're mm-hmm. making a video. And it's like the Bare Naked Ladies are doing it and they're doing some great songs. Uh, Sammy Hager's band does it and they just did a Van Halen song was their last song they did, which was great. Uh, you know, I like bands that are doing stuff like that, creative stuff. But as far as comics doing stand-up shows in your living room, um, no, <laughs> no, I'm against that. I'm with you. Well, comedy, comedy's the same way that, like, um, you know, uh, it needs an audience. I think stand-up specifically, sketch does yes. not. Uh, certain other things do not. Podcasts do not need to be live. Live stand-up itself. I I'm in the boat that it needs it needs an audience, man. Um, oh. quickly, real quick on on Hogan again. You don't want to keep jumping back to Hogan. Hogan is honestly a reference I've used a lot of times in comedy, in terms of when people start. Obviously, you've been in these situations too, where people start going, "Why is this comedian bigger than this comedian? Why this one's better than this comedian? Why are they not where this one is?" And you go. I'm like, do you, this is why you say to people sometimes, I'm like, do you know who Hulk Hogan is? And they go, yes. I go, do you know who Dean Malenko is? And people that don't know wrestling, right, will yeah. go, no. And I'll go, okay. Dean Malenko is the man of a thousand whole, a thousand. Yes. One thousand whole. Hulk Hogan has three fucking moves. <laughs> One of them's a fucking boot. One of them is he points at you. He'll, he points at you. And somehow that stuns an opponent. And I'm like, so that's, this is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many, you know, if you have more jokes than somebody else or something, like there's other things that people gravitate to. If, if Dean Malenko had have done some of the other types of things that Hogan was doing in terms of like trying to be more flashy and that sort of thing, how the fuck are you not going to cheer for a guy who does all that and has a thousand goddamn holds? But if you come out in just underwear 
you don't talk and you're like, I have a thousand holes. People don't, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's just the same kind of thing with comedy. People exactly. like a show, you know, Pe- yeah. people, people do like jokes, but not nobody. I, I'd say honestly, nobody even goes to comedian shows for the jokes. They go for the person. They like who that person is because if you gave those jokes to somebody else, people wouldn't go to it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes I see the greatest comics in the world do some of the most average material but it's killing, yep. and it's like you know, Absolutely. and like, and they're and, over, and because they exactly are they are over, and and uh, is that you still there? Hello. Yes. Oh, we did. Nathan has uh, dropped off the line for a second. However, we hopefully we'll get him back here. Um, we'll just wait till he calls. But yeah, th- that is true. Uh, the comedian I saw. He was over. There we go. Here we go. All right. There we go. Sorry about that. I'm going to assume that this is Nathan. Hey, yeah, yeah, that's me. Sorry, buddy. I don't know what happened. That's all right. The phone just uh, ended. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. Like, they're uh, they're totally over. Like, um, that's the thing yeah. is, like, um, it's it's like, you know, people are like, once you, get, once you find your audience and your audience likes yeah. you, that's how you get over is you have to build your own audience. And then once you have your own yep. audience, you, you can, you know, uh, I used to say a lot of times I'd watch David Letterman and I wouldn't find him funny on most nights. But the fact is he would get tons of laughs because he had the reputation of being funny by a crowd that loves him. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I no, don't get me wrong. I love David Letterman, but I find it's like that for anyone. Like, you know, you go watch somebody who has a fan base and you watch what they're doing and then you can be like, well, I don't know about that, you know, like, because we're comics, yeah. and number one, we know a lot of great comics that nobody knows. Uh, you yeah. know, like, we know so many comics that nobody knows. It's like every comic in Canada. And uh, not only that, you must know tons of comics in the States that are equally as talented. I mean, we all we all do, right? Like, it's just, it's the same deal as wrestling, I'd assume. I don't, I don't know, you know, but I'd say, I would assume, only from being in comedy, that when you're in wrestling, you know all of the wrestlers, right? And you know who's out there, you know who... They're like, hey, man, this guy in fucking Denver is great in the ring, which is the same type of thing with us. We know of people in England or Australia who, you know, you hear. People are like, yo, this guy's fucking killing, or this this woman's killing, or whatever the hell. And they're like, oh, shit, okay. But uh, they're not known-known by people yet, maybe, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Mr. America, that's so great. You know what the sad thing out of all this? So I'll tell you, I'll, fit, I'll get ready. We'll wind this up pretty soon. But uh, so while Jimmy Hart was driving us, he's talking to Hulkster. And uh, yeah, it's he's leaving on the this is the Sunday we're driving back to Toronto. On the Monday that Jimmy Hart's flying out of Toronto is the Raptors parade for winning the championship. Oh. So Jimmy Hart was saying to Hulkster, I don't know, Hulkster. Uh I might get caught downtown in this parade and I might not make it back to Tampa. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it out or not. And I was like, Jimmy, you're staying out at the airport. You're not even downtown. You're going to make it out. You're right. You're not in a problem. That's funny. But he was so worried about the parade being so big. And, you know, and Jimmy was also funny. quick to point out that, they're like, well, I'm glad you guys got your first win. It made a lot to your country. But, you know. You know, your team's full of Americans. You know that, right? I'm like, hey, we don't do this every time an American team wins the Stanley Cup. Let us just have mm-hmm. it, you know? 
We can point out that every American team that won the Stanley Cup, half their team is Canadian. We don't we don't need to do yeah. that. So whatever, or Russian or whatever, yeah, or whatever. But but it was funny that Jimmy Hart did point that out. But he told me that he was like, he goes, when you if you ever come down to Tampa Bay, he's like, you let me know, I'll take you to meet the Hulkster himself. So I had oh buddy. So we had a side trip already planned to go to the Hulkster uh, bar, and so Jimmy Hart would have been there, and then I would have got to go meet Hulk. Like not only meet him, but like get introduced to him by Jimmy Hart as a person. Yeah. You know, like yes, it means yes, so yes, much yes. when you meet when somebody introduces you to somebody cool rather yeah. than having to meet them as a fan. It's just so much of on course. a better fo- uh, platform, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can actually talk to him and he's going to look at you as just a person cuz Jimmy's bringing you in. So clearly you're not a psycho who's going to fucking steal a bandana and put it on Amazon. But I'm going to. But uh, no, no, I'm not on Amazon. No, no. No, but, I love uh, the fact that they're still friends. I'm not lying to you. I love that. Oh That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. They, and it's and it's and it's great. And I love talking to Jimmy Hart because I'm like, you like three of my heroes, and you manage them all: Hulk Hogan, uh, Bret Hart, and Andy Kaufman. You know, like. Right there. Oh, that's funny, yeah. And we got, and he talked. If you have, if you want to listen, I know there's a lot of time, and it's a great time to have a podcast because this is we're in a, we're, the great thing about this academic is this is where podcast people are going to find podcasts and podcasts are going to thrive. And uh, yep, is this? Well, is, yeah, yeah, that's true. This is one of the mediums that um, it's like it's good for it's good for everyone. So, you know, this is a great medium. And, uh, you know, um, with that said, uh, you know, you got a podcast. We'll wind this up. But uh, you've got a podcast, so give me some plugs. What's going on with you? And uh, and where, I'm like, usually I say, where are you performing? <laughs> on Zoom. I know where <laughs> um, you're not performing. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, anywhere. I'm not performing anywhere. I got, uh, yeah, I got a podcast called Positive Anger. It's on iTunes, there's a YouTube channel for it, and uh, there's also a Patreon, um, Twitter and Instagram, at Nathan McIntosh. Uh, yeah, man, but honestly, yeah, ch- uh, check out my podcast. That's, that's all I'd really want to say. That's all we can That's all we can really plug these days, our podcast. <laughs> or, 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 you know, I'm sure you're on, are, are you on Spotify? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I have, a, yeah, I have a couple albums on Spotify. Like stand-up albums, and then the podcast is on Spotify as well. Yeah. Uh, do you have any? Just uh, off-topic. Do you have any sports bits in any of those uh, albums that you have on uh, on uh, online on Spotify? Sports. Probably not, eh? I don't know uh, why. Are you talking about comedy records making the, the sports playlist? No, I made a sports playlist on Spotify. Uh, I, I did one called oh, joke, "Jokes for Jocks." Joke on those. I don't think I do have a sports joke on any of those. To tell you the truth. Okay, because I would have put you on the list. So uh, it's it's a uh, it was actually a lot tougher than I thought it was. It would be trying to go and find everybody's sports jokes, and uh, yeah, and put them on a list. But uh, you know, I knew there's a couple of like well, I already knew that I was going to have Carlin on there with baseball and football, and and I knew Robin mm-hmm. Williams had a golf bit, and I knew so I knew I had a basis of. I have like five sports bits over three albums, so I knew this. This is basically these you, when you make these Spotify lists, they're basically to promote yourself, but you just put yourself with a bunch of people mm-hmm. better than you. So you know, and that's what gets the people in. So, anyways, that's so funny. I never thought about st- uh, setting up one of those, but yeah. Either way, I don't have a sports uh, joke, but I do have. I have a couple albums on Spotify. 
and uh, yeah, my podcast is on there. Awesome, Nathan. Thank you for uh, calling in. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, you know uh, being a part of the show. And uh, this goes out tomorrow, so um, yeah, um, just keep an eye out on your medias because you'll see the uh, your picture coming up with the logos and all that stuff on it and all that. Um, folks, yeah, totally. Thank you for letting us put a headlock in your ears. Thank you for joining us on Never Sleeps Networks Talking Wrestling. Until uh, next week, uh, I'll be here in my apartment, and uh, you stay in yours. Stay home, stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you later. Bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.